Hi, this is Jim Quick, and I have a quick update for you. I'm proud to announce my very first book, Limitless, Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your Exceptional Life. This book is not only based on the latest neuroscience, it is field tested for over 28 years of working with some of the most amazing minds on our planet. Just go to LimitlessBook.com and enjoy this book. Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. Your question for today, what is the scientific secret to improving anything? If you've been a lifelong uh, learner, if you've been listening to our show or watching our YouTube, it's all about becoming better, right? About advancing and progressing beyond what you currently believe is possible. And to talk about this subject, we have back on the show, award-winning social psychologist, author of Decoding Greatness, Ron Friedman. Thanks for being on our show again. Yeah, thank you, Jim. So in our first episode, and I encourage everyone to listen to that first, it was all about decoding greatness and genius. The link will be in our notes. You know, we talked about a game-changing approach to mastering new skills. So we talked about reverse engineering. And now here, I wanna talk about what is, what is your secret? You know, the second half of the book really talked about uh, this, this this idea of a scoreboard. Yeah. So, okay. So the first half of the book is all about how do we find hidden patterns inside the work of people we admire so that we can learn from them and understand why they work and evolve their formulas to make it our own. The second half of the book is about something I call the vision ability gap. This is actually Ira Glass's term, the, mm -hmm. the famous NPR host. And what he talked about was that when you identify what your vision is, you're not gonna necessarily be able to execute that vision right out of the gate. You're gonna require a long period of time where you improve your skills. So the question is, how do you shrink that gap between your vision and your current ability? And the first step to improving at anything is to craft a scoreboard. Now, I call this in the book, the scoreboard principle. And the scoreboard principle simply means that anything you measure, you will improve on. So measurement begets improvement. So measurement is the first step. So the key is to figure out what are the steps that you need to take in order to be successful and then start measuring them, start tracking them. So just to make this concrete, you wanna increase your water consumption. The first thing you need to do is track how, much, uh, how many ounces of water you're drinking every day. You wanna lose weight, keep a food diary. You wanna increase your focus, keep track of how many interrupted minutes you have over the course of the workday. We have a lot of data showing that we are uh, instinctively attracted to numbers. And there are evolutionary reasons for this. If you did not pay attention to numbers back in the savannah, chances are you were not here. It's because it, I, I told you what was a bigger source of food than a smaller size source, right? So that you devoted resources to chasing down the right um, food source. It also alerted you to when you were in danger. If you were surrounded by a lot of folks you didn't know, that raised your anxiety level. But if you weren't able to detect small sizes from large sizes, you didn't care. So there's a real opportunity here to improving at anything. And 
you know, the business world knows this. They track metrics all the time. Great mm -hmm. example of this is the Ritz-Carlton. I talk in the book about how the Ritz-Carlton became so good at customer service is because they realized that if they wanted to drive their business to be successful, they needed to keep track of net promoter scores, which is the number of people who are endorsing their hotel after they leave. And that insight completely transformed the hotel, could do the same thing for you. The key is to take a moment, figure out what are the attributes that I need to hit on every day in order to be successful in my life. And most of us don't do that, right? We shift from objective to objective. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about how this applies to making money. So, so many of us go from one objective to another. What, so one day we're optimizing for long-term wealth. Then we go on Instagram, we see a, a friend bought a car and now we're optimizing for status. Then a friend invites us to go to a fancy restaurant and now we're optimizing for fun in that moment. And mm -hmm. it's because of that aspirational whiplash where we don't know what we're optimizing for. That's where misery comes from because mm -hmm. you don't know what you're optimizing for. So take a moment, figure out what am I optimizing for and then start tracking those metrics. You know, and a lot of our listeners are graduates of our flagship programs. Our, our, we have a speed reading program and a memory enhancement program, you know, 21, 30 day program. On day one of both of those programs, we do measurements in the reading program. The first day we measure their current base rate in terms of their current reading speed and comprehension. And because uh, how are you going to know if you're, if you're making progress, right? If you keep, how are you going to be able to manage it if you're not measuring it? In our memory yeah. program, we give people uh, lists of words and random uh, names and faces and create a baseline in terms of how well people are able to retain numbers uh, right in the first couple of days. So then when we teach the actual methodology and the techniques and systems, uh, they can see that and be able to appreciate the growth. So, so the scoreboard principle, how does that relate to uh, things like we talked about in the previous episode, um, the myth around practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So the first step to improving in anything is to measure it. And, and just to flesh this out, the reason that this is so powerful is because you get an emotional jolt when you mm -hmm. see your scores rise and that that emotional jolt translates into motivation. If you don't have motivation, you're not going to do the work, but you give yourself that emotional jolt or the shame of not seeing your score go up. And mm -hmm. that is also motivating. So you want to harness that. It also illuminates anything that doesn't contribute to your score when anything that you, so an example, this was with entrepreneurs is when they leave the business world, they become entrepreneurs. Now they can't stand going to meetings. Why? Because they're keenly aware of how meetings do not contribute to their bottom line. But most employees don't have metrics that measure their performance. And just imagine if people had metrics that showed them, okay, this is what you need to do in order to be successful at attaining your next promotion. Then it would be very clear that meetings are not serving that goal. Um, so metrics are key. Now, you asked about practice and how do we shrink the gap between our vision and ability. And most people's definition of practice, and I talk about this in Decoding Greatness, most people's definition of practice is surprisingly narrow. So when we think about practice, we think about practicing in the present. But you know how athletes improve? They don't just practice in the present. They practice in the past and they practice in the future. And here's what I mean by that. Practicing in the past uh, in the research is identified as reflective practice. Now we've all heard of deliberate practice. That's the idea of doing something that's just slightly outside your ability and then utilizing the feedback to improve in the future. Reflective practice is taking a moment to think back on your past performance and identify gaps between your expectations and experience. That's how wisdom happens, is when you think about what did I expect and what actually happened. And I talk in the book about 
ways we can automate reflective practice into our day. And one of the best uh, tips I can offer you is to go buy yourself a five-year journal. You can get these on Amazon or anywhere. Uh, basically, the way it works is that there are 365 pages, one for each day of the year within these journals. And each day is divided up into five slots. And the reason there are five slots is because you're going to put down what you did today and you're going to do this every day for a year. It's only three lines, so it's not intimidating. And then a year from now, you get to write down what you did today, but you also get to see what did you do on this day last year? And that process of continuously comparing what you did last year versus today, some, by the end of the book, you got five years worth of data. That leads you to, it obviously strengthens your memory, clearly, because now you're reminded of all of these past events, but also that comparison of my expectations and my experience leads you to get wiser and smarter. You learn things about yourself. I can tell you my experience of using a five-year uh, journal, what I've discovered is I don't like social events. But when I go to social events, I have a really good time. And that has led me to make better decisions about my time commitment in the future. Because I've learned that through my, uh, through my experience of, of journaling. Now, practicing the future, that's imagery. It is the process of closing your eyes and thinking about what is going to happen. For example, if I deliver a speech, when I head up on stage, feeling the clicker in my hand, feeling the, the lights beam down on me. And all of that, all, using your senses to... Um, essentially, uh, uh, imagine that you're there and it, you know, it's not through like, uh, visualizing success. There's research in the book showing that that actually does not work. A lot of people don't like to hear that, but there's, there's no evidence suggesting the visualizing su success work, but what does work is imagery. And the reason that imagery works is because you are front loading decisions before you take action. So now when I go up on stage, I don't have to react to getting the clicker or like, wow, those hot lights are hot. I've anticipated that I front loaded that experience. So now I could be more present and actually execute more effectively. And there's research showing that physicians make fewer mistakes during surgery uh, when they use imagery. Public speakers are more persuasive when they use imagery. You can actually learn how to play a song on the piano more quickly if you use imagery in advance of starting. So it's an incredibly powerful tool. It's one that is criminally underutilized outside of sports. And this is something where you're not actually doing the actual physical rehearsal. You're not actually speaking, you're doing it just inside, inside your mind. Yeah, exactly. And there's research looking at athletes, people who use imagery versus those who don't. And what they found is that the ones who do use imagery, they're actually able to cut down on their physical practice because the imagery is so powerful. They're caught up to their, to their competitors without having to do the work. So that allows them to avoid burnout and allows them to accelerate success. Because if you're doing both things at once, then it's really powerful. And I think this is not, and this is great that you're broadening, you know, the definition of practice, because when most people think of practice, they're thinking of just repeating a task over and over and over again until you get a desired result. Yeah, and that that also is problematic. And the reason for that is because your brain tunes out the more practice you do. So this, our brain is working against us when it comes to getting better. And it's because we automate behaviors that we do repetitively. So if you think about yourself driving, 
uh, and how much attention you pay to the road versus how much attention you paid when you first started driving. It's a massive difference. And the same is true if you're practicing your basketball shot or whatever the case may be, whatever it is you're practicing, you're likely not paying as close attention as you did when you first started, which is why if you really want to get better through practice, you need to level up the degree of difficulty consistently. And you can do that through novelty. You can do that by uh, interweaving different different tasks within the practice. And you can also do it by um, doing some cross training. So I talk about this in the book. Cross training is something athletes do. So I, I have stories of NFL players who actually play, who uh, practice ballet in the off season because of a lot of overlapping skills that don't require the same muscle groups and allow them to get better without burning out. The same is true for all of us at work. So you just, it's all a matter of figuring out what hobbies that are fun would make me better at my job. And a great example of this is improv comedy. You see leaders now in organizations signing up for improv comedy by in, in droves. And it's not because they suddenly wanna be funny. It's because they realize that if I'm an executive, I gotta be really good at mindful presence and deep listening. And those are skills I learn while learning mm-hmm. improv comedy. Yeah, it's wonderful this the way of stacking those those skills. In our reading program, it's, it's not only do we encourage everyone to have a variety of reading, whether reading magazines or books or online emails and so on. But we'll do uh, other skills like like juggling um, that, we, that we've, we found that over the years has been very supportive of, of this, this actual practice. This is fascinating, Ron. Um, where can, now again, I encourage everyone who haven't already to listen to our first episode with Ron. Uh, where he went through really decoding a genius and you'll get a lot of these reference points. This is fascinating. So what would you recommend people do right now in terms of a scoreboard, in terms of of their practice? Find five uh, specific things that you need to execute to have a successful day. Just sit down, think about if tomorrow was successful, what five things would I have done well? And you can interweave some of those items with things you want to avoid doing. So what would I have not done well? And give yourself a, a place to score that as well. And so in the, in the book, in Decoding Greatness, I talk about all of the different uh, ways in which we can leverage uh, a scoreboard effectively. And one of, the, one of the key factors is both things you want to achieve and things you don't want to achieve. And keeping track of those two scores will invariably help you succeed in what you're trying to, to be successful at. So for in my case, for example, if I'm a writer, uh, one thing I don't want to do is spend a lot of time on email, right? So mm-hmm. you know, how many minutes did you spend on email? And, and it's almost like an inverse of what you're trying to achieve, but have, monitoring that score is going to help you achieve that outcome that you're looking for. And it's such a simple exercise. And yet how many people do it? Almost no one. And I'm telling you, if you start doing this today, you're going to have a far more successful day than you would have. Yeah. And th- this is where really what quick brain is all about. You know, these bite-sized, these brain, these bite-sized ideas and insights that you can use immediately. Everyone could take something and begin to measure it and look at success and then, then come back and reverse engineer it and discover like what, how, when are you going to celebrate these moments? And then also gives you an incredible amount of feedback. Everybody here could start doing some uh, reflective looking back, you know, and doing some practice and evaluating how well be behind you know, the expectations, the actual experience, everyone could forward go and, and rehearse and use imagery to be able to get a desired result in, in less time. I, I recommend everybody here who's listening, who's interested in the subject, 
to get Ron's book, Decoding Greatness. Uh, where where do they go to get that, Ron? Uh, you can get it at all bookstores. And the best place to get it is decodinggreatnessbook.com, where you can get a free course on a lot of these principles and how you can start applying them. It's completely free uh, once you get the book. And you can find me online at ronfriedmanphd.com. Fantastic. And also on, on socials, um, I, I recommend everybody as you, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to be able to share it with somebody, take a screenshot of this, tag Ron, tag myself so we get to see it. I'll repost uh, some of them also as well. And if you can link to our, our YouTube. And if you, if you aren't subscribed to our YouTube, please do that because that's where we put the unedited longer version also as well. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or somewhere else, Ron, congratulations on the brand new book um, and, and all the, on all the great success. Thanks so much, Jim. I appreciate it. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for one hour 
uh, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.